Welcome to Season 2 of Cosmic Crit. I'm Jabert, your android who isn't an android any longer, but still loves you dearly. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to Cosmic Crit. So, this episode is all about setting up our Against the Aeon Throne campaign. From new rules to talking about the character classes that we're going to be playing, uh, we really hope you enjoy this. Join us next week as we introduce to you the characters themselves. But until then, if you haven't taken the time to rate and review us on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, please do so as that is the most helpful place to do it. And uh, those reviews, as well as your word of mouth, are why we have been as successful as we have. And thank you to our awesome Critter fans. And to the rest of you, thank you in advance. We talk about it in this week's episode, but just to give you a heads up, our fan submission challenge this month is to add fan flavor to the Paizo official critical hit deck. So if you want to see Tyler or Rebecca uh, get those super good crits and get them that extra little bonusy, put a little salt on it, put a little cayenne, a little thyme, a little rosemary on those crits, uh, this is going to be the challenge for you. Uh, we'll be talking about this challenge all month long, but check out our website for more information on how you can add to the critical hit deck that we will use on Cosmic Crit. Our winners will be getting Paizo gift cards and the honor of potentially critting a member of the Cosmic Crit crew and critting them real good. We do have a crit bit at the end of this episode where Patrick talks to Crittermander Discord mod Cody about playing Starfinder Society and other awesome Paizo games on our Discord server. If you want to game with the cast or become a GM of your own play-by-post table, you will not want to miss this interview. And I guess that does it for this intro. We have to get this season started, after all. So please, let me be the first to welcome you back and introduce our new listeners to Episode 74. Cosmic Crit. The Next Generation. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Welcome to Cosmic Crit. This is Patrick, your game master, your podcaster, and your wizened old kung fu master, giving out the secrets of the universe one episode at a time here on the show. You guys, we are back with another episode of the podcast. And I literally cannot be more excited than I am to kick off season two of the podcast. Before we get into this episode, I want to introduce to you the old and unimproved lineup of players here, my friends and yours. Say hello to our audio engineer and co-editor. It's Drew. Hey, Drew. Hey, Patrick. Next is our rules lawyer, my co-GM, if you will, co-editor and the brains behind the show. It's Jabert, G-I-B-E-R-T. Hey, Jabert. I appreciate that. It's, uh, there's yeah. no L. There's no L. We're restarting <laughs> for people that might be starting here. Uh, so episode zero. We have also got our Discord Dawn and the social media darling of the show. It's Miles. 
Good evening. Our resident artist and web mistress slash podcast manager. Welcome, Rebecca. Hello. And finally, our show's loot baron, Ironscape artiste, and fan challenge maestro. Last but not least, welcome back, Tyler. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> so, this episode is going to be a, the intro for season two of the, the podcast. It's been a long time coming. I feel like we've been talking about season two for half of a year. It's but been. Uh, next week, we are officially kicking off against the Aeon Throne. This episode, though, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about our process of character creation. Uh, we are going to reveal the five classes that you all picked and talk a little bit about the AP and Aeon Throne and the Aslanti as well as some background information for the season. And yeah, lastly, I just want to hype up how excited I am for the season. The road that lays ahead of you all. I've been prepping story elements and encounters the entire year of 2019. I just can't wait for you guys to get to hear you uh, you players get to play what the good folks at Paizo have cooked up. So first things first, on this episode, I want to talk about some of the rules we've made as the show has progressed. In particular, one of my favorite fan submission challenges of 2018, where about a year ago, we challenged our fans, the Crittermanders, to make a critical fail deck and got, I think, the largest amount of submissions to a uh, a fan submission challenge that, that we've ever had. Um, I thought you were going to say we got hosed. <laughs> also true. Yeah, maybe, maybe more even than the the, uh, the titles or the um, the names for the the ship, the drift, drift rider. We got a lot of critical fail deck submissions. So whenever someone on the podcast rolls a natural one on their attack, and, and they also fail critically, which means you know their attack with that one was also a miss, then we pulled a card submitted by one of our fans. Something very bad happened. It made some, for some pretty interesting parts of season one. As part of that rule, I made the caveat that lower tier enemies could not critically fail. Only enemies whose CRs, challenge ratings, equaled or, you know, beat your own, exceeded your own, like bosses and things. This year, I am happy to announce that we are going to be adding to our critical fail deck with the official Paizo fail deck, which oh no. is, is just oh coming boy. out. But in addition to that, we're going to be adding in critical hit cards, yes. another official Paizo thing, as well as adding in uh, our next fans from missing challenge, which will be to add to that deck. So if you roll a natural 20 on attack, you have variable effects that could go along with your attack. And it's a really cool design where there's a little extra English if you match up like what's on the card. Your, your damage type, so if does, you were does firing... Does that just mean more of a description, or uh No, it could be more damage, it could be additional effects. More of the English language. A little a little English on the attack, you know, just putting it over um, where it would have been normally. So, natural so, 20, you can take double damage or take the card, and the card can do other things like knock down your opponent. And if you match your weapon's damage, like you're firing a plasma weapon, and it says extra fire damage, you know, if you're, you're using a fire weapon, then that will be added on. 
So um, I know this has come up on a few other podcasts, and, and it comes up in every game where they use mm-hmm. uh, critical cards. Um, what will the interaction be like between like double damage and the card? Like, do you get double damage and the no. card, or is it one or the other? Uh, you pick, and you have to pick before you find out what the card will be. Ah. So you can say, no, I just want my weapons effect. Or you can say, let's pull a card. Let's go crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, the question I have for you all, and you can make this decision as a group, vote if you'd like. I want to ask you uh, what we do with lower tier enemies. Now, my plan was to not allow lower tier enemies to, when they critically hit, take one of these cards. But if you want to allow them to do that, I was going to amend the rule and also allow them to pull critical fail cards when they uh, critically roll a natural one. So basically, these lower tier enemies, like if you're going up like a gang of thugs who you outrank, um, you're, you're more powerful than... If they roll ones, then they will get those critical fails. But if they roll a 20, they will also get a critical hit card, regardless of level. Now, that is up to you. What do you guys want to do for season two of the podcast? Mm. I'm inclined to let them, because if if the roles were reversed and we're lower CR than the enemy we're up against, then we benefit or are punished, <laughs> depending on... <laughs> situation well, i was about to say th- this only affects these lower tier enemies no matter what if you guys roll a one crit fails coming if you're old 20 you have the option to use a critical hit card no no no. i realize that i'm just saying yeah. like for fairness i mean to npcs i mean like i i feel bad for these poor little <laughs> enemies so I'm, I'm just saying like if roles were reversed all I'm- right rebecca calm down <laughs> i i disagree i think that we should leave it the way it is because i don't want uh, we're still gonna if we crit one of these guys we'll just take the double damage even if we don't take a crit card because we can't take a crit card against them but that means that they I guess if they crit us they'll still do double damage so oh yeah no they can still crit yeah. they just won't be able to pull a card it if these are anything like sometimes getting a card or having an enemy pull a card on you is better than the double damage because if they're anything like the Pathfinder critical hit critical fumble decks uh you know, sometimes the card not necessarily works in your favor, but you're like, okay, I can mitigate this a little bit better than just here's an advanced swoop hammer to your face. Yeah. Welcome to when, knockout. See, when see I would agree ever, with that. When but... have we ever been that lucky, Mister? Both of Mister Spear of Fates. Good point. Um, <laughs> see, I would I would agree with that, except that we're asking our listeners to add critical effects to the deck. <laughs> That's true. And like we've mm-hmm. seen these things before, right? Like that's, we that's know what's I'm coming. Before, yeah, right. the, the come. My my vote would be to allow the enemies to crit, crit, pull, crit, hit cards, but also have to pull crit fail cards because I find it very annoying that you can have a level one so and so, and I can roll a one against it and possibly crit fail. And, but it can roll all the ones it wants and there's really no consequence to it. I want mm. there to be consequences to those. So I like having all cards all the time. It's total mayhem. I love mayhem. And that would be my vote. We've heard I both agree. sides of the argument. Let's take that vote. Who wants to keep it the way it is? Lower tier enemies, can't crit fail, can't crit hit. Uh, and pull a card. 
That's me. Uh, Just me, me too. Oh, a little uh, Ramy and Andis uh, agreement. Drew, Drew right? They have Drew, names. Right? Oh yeah, have names. I, oh, I've... Drew, do you want to stick that way too? Yes. Okay. All right. We're outnumbered. Sorry, yeah. listeners. You ain't getting one over on us this season. <laughs> now, yeah. mind you, that's but just sorry, season one oh. full bath characters. <laughs> it's a, guess it, what? It stinks. <laughs> it's a critical hit card from JJJ where your da- it does so much damage that the damage <laughs> reflects back at you. So you oh, one shot no. your enemy, but you also deal <laughs> deadly damage to yourself. <laughs> You oh, smash boy. through the enemy, but you hit so hard you wow. you launch yourself into orbit. And now <laughs> we'll uh, we'll revisit this at the end of the season. We'll see how uh, this affects gameplay. But uh, I'm pretty pretty excited about the decision you made. Like I said, equal tier uh, CR to your to your level enemies and above will work normally. So we'll see how much that that affects things. Now, so next, will they will they, will they automatically draw uh, cards, or will they have the no, option? I get to pick. I'm I'm playing this game too. I just have to point out that the two players whose characters were most likely to be hit by these roles in the last season are the ones that voted that they should get critical fails and hits too. Surprise! I mean, surprise! Because we know we're also (laughs) (laughs) we know what we're playing in season two. (laughs) The discussion is over. We we have decided. It is decided. Uh, I got hit with more critical fails by other people in season (laughs) one than anybody else. So I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Uh, We need to move on because we have more rules to go over that are changing in season two. A pretty big one, and this one is in the business of your quote-unquote birthday re-rolls. So let me rip this bandage off right now. Those are gone. Right out of the gate. No more birthday re-rolls. I love you all. I'm just going to buy you normal presents this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, this entire season might be done before we get to a couple of people's birthdays, right? <laughs> so it's starting like, after Tyler's. And um, so, I mean, right then and there, it's kind of like, well, I guess, um, I guess Miles is getting the only reroll this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep them um, coming. I, I vote birthday rerolls all the time. I think you're going to be excited because instead we are going to be adopting a hero point like system very similar in in addition to pathfinder but a little different everyone gets one reroll per volume of the ap from this point out on the podcast oh my does it make sense interesting so you have more which means starting next week you can reroll any single d20 for the next book uh, the reach of I, empire i assume this is a use it or lose it reroll. oh tyler you sweet sweet boy of course it is <laughs> do not roll over between books you cannot gift them to someone else they are yours and if you don't use them they are gone forever all right so i imagine we get to the end of book one and you haven't used yours you're gonna be like oh geez oh boy yeah. fans are going to kill me if i don't get to work <laughs> and i trust we will track the usage of these somewhere that we can centrally locate them uh yes yeah we're gonna have okay, a, a a little note 
in Roll20, a little board with each of those. There is a price for this unbridled generosity that your GM is giving you right now. A bit of a trade-off. Oh, oh here we go. Because I, I, I should get a special power as well. <laughs> I am not going to get a re-roll. That's unfair. But once per book, if I do not like a single critical fail card that is pulled... I'm going to swap it out for any critical fail that I feel like fits the scene. No. What? Is that, a critical, is that a critical fail for either side of combat or just your side of combat? Oh, I said my words very carefully, Drew. Any single critical fail that someone gets. Could oh swap it out. My. For oh anyone my. that I want. I don't this like this be, at all. This is it's gonna be gonna terrible. be great. I'm going to pour through each and every one of those cards. Oh, um, man. The, the, the reason I wanted to add these different rules in, I want to keep this game as exciting and fun as possible. I think I think you guys are going to probably have there's, some good uses for those rerolls. There's critical fails that are just fortitude saver. You're dead. Now, don't you worry, Tyler. I'll save that one for you. Um, oh, we, Patrick! We, we have some other rules changes uh, as we go along. For the most part, though, we are playing against the Aeon Throne as straight from the core rulebook as possible. Poisons are deadly. Zero-G combat is disorienting. And weapons are as expensive as they have ever been. Uh, we play combat very much by the book. And this season, that's going to be more important than ever. So let, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about what people out there listening can expect from this season. I first want to talk about kind of expectations this campaign is a good deal shorter than season one. First off, uh, we are running another adventure path from Paizo. The adventure paths, if you don't know, are pre-written adventures. They come in paperback volumes, and you all can guarantee uh, listeners out there are the best way to get into playing Starfinder. I think it's the best way to learn how to GM. And if you're listening at home and, and want to play Starfinder, you got a hankering to, to bust it out with your friends. It is a, a great place to start. And this this AP volume uh, seven, Reach of Empire, is is great as well. You got all your monsters, your plot points, dialogue, DCs, difficulty classes in each volume. And in my humble opinion, they are <laughs> almost all of them so far instant classics. We played through Dead Suns last season. That was six volumes. So like six different chapters. And this season, against the Aeon Throne, the second AP now, this is a three-volume adventure path. So I just want to talk to you all and, and ask what you think will come from a shorter format of storytelling. We're going basically from levels one to seven with these characters. I would imagine there's going to be a little bit less homebrew in these games. Hmm, you would think, but then how well do you know me, Miles? I mean, I know what you told me. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Pretty well. <laughs> well, you, you would you would think that. But the other thing that you have to understand is when we were doing Dead Suns, it kind of felt like two trilogies stacked on top of one another in this that's, huge that's film. Mm -hmm. I did not have the script for that. <laughs> um, the end volumes when we were playing the AP. I have all three volumes of Against the Aeon Throne already and have planned out already like where you guys can fit into this plot and where, what other stuff we can do. So I think there might be a little more cohesion in the, the storytelling and like integration of your backstories. I hope I hope that you will you'll find that, too, out there. Listeners. Yeah, just don't just don't write checks your butt can't cash. 
<laughs> there might be less time in the adventure itself, but yeah, I think if you listen to season one, if you like season one, you know I've got something up my sleeve. <laughs> so wait, so wait, was there a question in there? Probably, but we're okay. moving on. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, right, so that leads us into the meat of this episode. The main thing that we're going to talk about is your choices in character classes for season two. Are you all ready to dive into this season and talk about what is to come and what you are literally bringing to our figurative digital table? (laughs) (laughs) Great. So yeah, let's start. Let's start with Jabert. Jabert, I wanted to start with you tonight talking about these classes because I think you got the class that several of the other players have been looking at, you know, before, and it's one that we've never had on the show before uh, It's as a, as a main PC. It's not one of the five from season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what you playing, Jabert? <laughs> I'm going to be playing an operative, uh, <laughs> which I'm really excited about. I know that my New Year's resolution was to play... Uh, less Dexy characters, but like, <laughs> what's sorry, <laughs> uh, you broke that on uh, January second, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly, January second. I was just like, mm, actually, I really like this, so I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> um, I'm sure this will come up uh, in the reveal for the February challenge, but I think a lot of people guessed that you were gonna be an operative, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for the season because uh, last season you announced that if. Andis 147 had died. Andis mm-hmm. 148 was going to be an operative that you already had rolled up, right? Right. Oh, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> that, that character was like sitting in a tab and I was just like about to drag it over to uh, to the group <laughs> so that everyone could <laughs> see my new character. I, uh, I but- don't. I don't want to talk about too many specifics of who you're playing this season, but I do want to rip the bandaid off for everyone that you are not playing, sadly, Andis 148. I will not be playing Andis 148, but I am really excited. Um, I'm going to be playing a specialization that came out in the Armory. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was the Armory for sure. Um, I'm going to yeah, be a, yeah. a gadgeteer, which is sort of a, a Batman-ish style it's full-on batman you've got a utility <laughs> belt, right right yeah yeah that's that's your like level six like like event is utility belt so you can just like <laughs> dump you just like dump money into your utility belt and then you just sort of like pull out whatever you need <laughs> and, like if you get to a point you're just like oh man i really wish we had uh one of those uh mark three grenades you'd just be like guys <laughs> don't even worry about it you just Shake your fanny pack. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I'm yeah. cooking something up here. It's it's either Batman or Bag and Sag and Barry. <laughs> Whoa. It's the two greatest superheroes of all time. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um so, Just hope yeah. I don't run into Milkman. Oh wait, that was super dude. Never mind, sorry. You, you said, you know, uh, you weren't going to play another Dex-based character. But yeah, this is indeed another martial class. What mm-hmm. um, what drew you to the operative? Um, Let's see. Jabert in either Pathfinder or Starfinder. Can you play a class that doesn't have the most hit points or uh, the, the most skill points at the table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in, in our in, in our IRL game. I'm playing a wizard and it's just like just mm. skill points are just sort of flopping off. <laughs> so many. And it's a, 
um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really enjoy having a lot of skill points because because you, you sort of you sort of get to like you know uh, do more weird things, and that's sort of one of the things that I love so much about role playing games is sort of like getting to solve problems in ways that are not necessarily fighting your way out of them, right? And so, as someone um, that plays characters with low skill points all the time it is both a very restrictive and very freeing so i i think i think season three should look into just uh dumping int completely <laughs> um yeah, yeah. That, that's something that's something i'm for sure considering but i wanted to uh wanted to take uh you know one run at the uh at the operative class at least it's a lot of people's favorite out there a lot of people love Love it compared to, you know, it's compared often to the Rogue and Pathfinder. It is a little bit A lot of similarities. But, but you have a, a few options here. You've got, you know, melee. You've got pistols. You can fire at people. Um, you don't have to, they don't have to be flanked mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in Starfinder to make them um, lose, uh, right. gain flat-footed. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that, uh, that new mechanic where you, um, you just sort of like perform a skill check um to cause them to be sort of flat-footed to specifically your attacks and there's a i mean it's not every single um skill out there but there's like a uh, a version of the operative that you know does survival for that check right. there's another yeah. one that does sense motive which is really interesting yeah it could the be like tier... a party face operative yeah. the gadgeteer does uh engineering for that um, so interesting yeah, which which I'm I'm really excited about. I really like that one because it sort of dovetails with my. I mean, again, this is this is like these are all my priors. Um, I also <laughs> like love having a lot of intelligence in my character, and so um, Jabari, and, you love having a lot of intelligence in life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's not always true, but that like, wasn't a compliment. You rub it in everyone's <laughs> face. Yes. Uh, I guess it's I guess it's wisdom that I'm lacking. <laughs> um, not charisma. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I sort of enjoy about that is uh, the fact that sort of intelligence sort of becomes your secondary um, attribute um, means that you sort of double down on that on those skills and getting more skills. And so I'm like at each level, I'll be getting twelve skills. Um, which is pretty intense. Um, that's a bunch of them, and uh, oh and yeah, so, and then and then like you know with intelligence sort of operating on my trick attack ability, that'll be happening pretty frequently. I so I'm think about that, right? Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> right. The it was smarty like pants. <laughs> right. Like if I'd gone for like the the survival one, I would have been like, oh well, my secondary will be wisdom. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um. How different will season two's character be from Andes one four seven? You don't. You don't have to talk specifics yet. But just as far as the class, um, we have a, a very different role in starship combat, regular combat, the party makeup. Yeah. So I'm uh, sort of intentionally not putting. I think anything into computers. I mean, I may put one rank into computers at some point. wasted skill. So you're <laughs> you're a wise man, <laughs> right? I'm gonna, I'm going to leave that to uh, to smarter folks than I. But uh, but mm. I mean, I may put I may eventually put one rank into it just so I can help out on some things. But um, but so I will be sort of uh, 
leaving computers behind me. And, <laughs> uh, but, but engineering is one of those ones that I, I sort of get a free rank at every level. So uh, oh I'll have, I'll have lots of engineering and I get like a plus four if I'm, uh, if I'm trying to disable traps and stuff. So, so that, that'll sort of be, yeah, I'll be sort of a trap smithy, um, sort of sort of uh operative sneak around <laughs> get get the job done sort of sort of fellow uh which is sort of different from andis who was sort of a, uh, a, a maybe a little more sort of a like a slow and steady take things take things as they come mm-hmm. you know enter a situation andis was a little bit more of a uh, uh slow and methodical sort of come in analyze the situation collect some data try to solve the problem i think this one will be much more of a fly by the seat of the pants sort of um just like well, i know just, i know what you're playing so i can guarantee that the duct tape might be involved in some engineering <laughs> right gig. yeah that's 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 mostly what's in my utility belt is duct some tape spit. yeah just <laughs> elbow grease and duct tape. together hoping they stick to one another um awesome well i cannot wait first operative me too the season let's 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 uh, go to another player now and talk about a class that we have already seen on the podcast before, but not really. Uh, Tyler, can we talk about your chosen character class? Yes. Yes, we can. Tyler, oh, what? Your, your chosen character class needs to fix that chair you're sitting in. <laughs> No, yeah. no. Well, yes, that's true. My chosen character class would be able to fix the chair I'm sitting in because my chosen character class is the mechanic. Oh, following Jabert's footsteps, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, well, a little pretty, bit. Pretty, pretty big exception to to that. A little asterisk. Maybe. I. I have seen it mentioned uh, in the Discord a few times about how people were dying for someone to play a drone mechanic. I am happy to step into that role and play the drone mechanic. I am very excited about this. I love both versions, Exocortex and drone mechanic, but I'm very excited to have a drone now because it means that we're not going to have a crew of five next season. We're technically going to have a crew of six. Oh, I, I mean, yes, I, yes, but I do feel like the drone is going to fulfill a very specific role, which is the role of ha- having you enjoy murdering something. Uh, <laughs> are, are you literally giving this dog a bone? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's the best way to say it. This thing is going to get wrecked a I'm, lot. I will never roll an attack roll against it. Now that you've told me your master plan. <laughs> oh, no, you. Oh, come on. Don't give me that. You'll be sitting there and be like, well, we'll roll a D8 and see who hits. Oh, drone, drone, <laughs> drone, drone. Uh, we'll see. I've, I've, uh, I've played Starfinder Society with uh, Crittermanders out there before that I've had a drone. And uh, I think I've taken some some down. Like, uh, I don't feel bad a, a, about it as when I drop uh, their actual PCs, but it's still it's still it feels feels pretty good. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk what what drew you to the, the drone mechanic? Well, I, I wanted to after coming basically coming away from a dross who was a low intelligence intelligence uh, score did yeah intivate kind of guy and i i think i mentioned this uh Bert mentioned his new year's resolution and i think it was in mine as well is i really wanted to challenge myself to i've never played an intelligence based character period uh well i mean not in any amount of like in-depth seriousness i i've like 
tampered with some high intelligence characters before. Uh, mainly in our in our FFD twenty campaign, I did I was an alchemist, I believe, which was right, the right. most I've but, ever. But are you through. saying that you're going to be like primary int with this mechanic? Primary int. Uh, so he will not be, it's not going to be a maxed out intelligence at level one. I did want to, I, I wanted to make him more of an, uh, an all rounder hmm. and so, uh, something He's got a, a backup buddy. Yeah. I, I feel safe to say like the first feat I chose was skill synergy because I wanted to pick up more class skills. I want oh, this guy. Uh, I'm very so excited actually <laughs> with how Jabert and I's characters are going to interact from a skill standpoint, because I feel like we're going to have uh, a, a decent chunk of overlap, but also enough uh, unique skills that we don't have uh, that, you know, that'll be able to define the character into a unique slot in the party. But mm -hmm. I, I think they're going to get along really well in terms of, you know, just having that high skill threshold. So, yeah, yeah. And that was, there's a good deal of skill sharing season one between Knack, Raimi and, um, and this, um, I feel like those three, the, the quote unquote nerd squad of, of season one <laughs> did well to, I, I can't think of a skill that kind of fell by the wayside between the three of them. Yeah, there wasn't so. much. Uh, I did combo the mechanic choice with the, uh, I took the scholar theme. Oh, and, uh, okay. It's big smarty pants is what you're saying. Big smarty pants. I chose for it the bioengineer because what I wanted to do with this mechanic, I didn't want just to have a, a robot, which I think is a lot of what mechanics tend to do is just, oh, here's here's my robot. I wanted, I wanted my drone to be this unique creation that combined biotech and uh, roboticism to you to try and create sentient life via the the both the highest levels of technology and bioengineering on the highest levels of technology and roboticism mm. uh basically like let's take the biggest baddest monster and make it even bigger and badder with roboticism and bioengineering so that's this that is that was what I wrapped this mechanic around was that thought. So not a drone mechanic a la the uh, Starfinder iconic Quig, who's kind of like a grease monkey, you know, right. with a little flamethrower. And but this is yeah. going to be a, an elite erudite, um, very, very high tech mechanic. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Right. Yeah, very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to play something different. I'm, I'm excited to challenge myself to think, think with a character who isn't strong, isn't, isn't so combat effective and mostly has to rely on his intelligence to, to make his way in the world. Awesome. Uh, all right. Next. How about now we get to Rebecca? Hi. Hey, Rebecca. How are you doing? Pretty good. I am excited to talk to you. Do you know why? Why? You're going to break us out of these boring martial classes, right? Yeah. Who needs core classes? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Who needs hand-to-hand -hand combat or shooting? Uh, and who needs who needs the core rulebook? What yeah. did you decide to play at level one? I went with Witch Warper, which is part of the playtest for the player handbook coming out later this year, right? Oh, yes. We have all the rules from the playtest. We weren't able to play during it to provide feedback, but we're pretty excited to to, to run through the, the Witch Warp. Pretty awesome class, right? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on like what other people have found during playtests. So I'm going into this totally blind. We'll see how it goes. Well, actually, the reverse was true because <laughs> when we started the podcast, people were not excited about the Solarian. That's true. Yeah, people... Yeah, so- continued in fact for months to be like solarians are so underpowered and yeah that's turned out to not be true as alinda proved oh boy yeah <laughs> i'm still feeling heated under my collar from the <laughs> uh the supernovas and the stellar rushes and everything else which warpers look different though right it does have these kind of mystical magical properties like a mystic uh, like a technomancer but is the first charisma base uh, spellcaster in in Starfire. Yeah. And and interestingly, before this came out, before this class came out in in the playtest, I was I was struggling to find a class that I was really happy with. I I thought about Mystic. I thought very uh, fully about Mystic. I, w- yeah, I was really well, planning no, you, to go for Mystic, and yeah, you can I say that that a, was that was your plan up until these classes were announced. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. Back in December. But I, I, but I was really struggling to find a way to mesh my character idea and like the kind of character I was going for with this Mystic uh, ideal, and I, I didn't really like the idea of an intelligence-based class, and I, I don't know, I, I wanted to go for something that was more charisma-based, but that didn't exist at the time, and so when Witch Warper came out, I was like, that is a cool idea. Like, I liked the idea of being able to man- manipulate the world and the environment, in the way that the Witch Warper can. It's very different from Alindra in, in that it won't be, I suspect, very high damage, but very manipulative, and, and that's really what I wanted. And not not only manipulative in her powers, but also as a character, like, as a personality. So that's really what I was oh. trying to go for. So, so class it, it really meshed very well. Yeah. Reflecting who you're going to be playing. It's, um, it's interesting. So it's not uh, all debuff it's not like the opposite of the envoy who's like boosting up your teammates but there's a lot of a lot of interesting class elements as well as spells you've got what's known as like battlefield control where you're like changing the terrain around the combatants you've got spells that can you know change how the enemy sees you and uh, things that directly affect the enemy um spells of course it has an interesting spell list which i'm sure will change once the main character operations manual comes out but um yeah i mean there's not too too much else to say except i i think this is going to be a wild ride uh with you playing a witch warper in this party do you want do you want to go over one of the some of the chief abilities yeah we can um so i mean a lot of it is really tied to my race so it's really tempting to talk about my entire character oh not but, yet not yet but what, i know i know what's the the main thing that a word gets at uh, level one uh so at level one um of course i get spells but on top mm-hmm. of that i get what's known as infinite worlds so i can make it so that an area is I, I mean, essentially just difficult terrain. So I can mm-hmm. manipulate the terrain of a particular area to make it more difficult to combat or move through. Yeah. And at, I'm just looking at this. It's a, it says medium range, but it's 100 
uh, feet plus 10 feet per witch warper level that you can like buckle the ground underneath people or like make rocks <laughs> shoot up out of the dirt. I don't know how you'll you'll stylize it, but that's that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it depends on the terrain. I mean, if we're on a spaceship, it's going to be different from on a planet. But yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, it, it kind of depends on, I mean, it, it would have, of course, affect my own party members in addition to my enemies. So I have to be really careful as far as melee um, and not, you know, negatively impacting my own team. But uh, no, go yeah. for it. Just just blast them with a, a, a explosive blast. They'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll see. They'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Next. I want to talk to Miles. Miles, I was very excited to hear about your class choice because I thought from from your your character designs that originally you were going to go another way and pick a different class based on your character. And when we first started talking about the way you were, you know, thinking, it, yeah, it made me think originally you were going to go melee soldier, right? But that is incorrect, right? Yes. What did you end up settling upon at level one? I am going to be a melee envoy. Oh, no. No more envoys. Say it isn't so mild. It is. It is so. Oh, an envoy, but pretty specifically a melee build of the character? Yes. Uh, All right. One thing uh, when, when making my character is that uh, this particular character is a lot more social than I designed Raimi to be in uh-huh. terms of his character. And I thought it would be neat. I mean, one thing I noticed throughout our first season was how much of a linchpin the Envoy class was. Don't remind and, me. And how how many times it did pull us out of the fire. And But I thought it would be interesting because it's not uh, often associated with a melee character. And it would be kind of interesting if maybe that character, instead of just saying, get him is maybe yelling, you know, focus or, you know, mm. uh, charge and is leading the charge and, and taking more of a, a full frontal kind of uh, leadership yeah. role in terms follow, of combat. Follow me. Attack. <laughs> attack while yeah. I'm attacking. <laughs> exactly. Um, interesting. Interesting. So um, with some of the other abilities, Knack was very focused and excellent at buffing, healing, giving those those stamina boosts. Mm-hmm. Do you think do you think your character is going to be sp- spending more time, you know, fighting, like doing full attack actions or I, I think so. I, I don't think he's going to be as quite as support heavy as Knack was. I think there will be moments, obviously, because a lot of these uh Envoy improvisations are things that you can do on the fly, and I don't necessarily have to, you know, spend a movement or a standard action. Yeah, I mean, it's there. There's just tough decisions you have to make when the action economy gets tight, right? And and there and there there are other things that I, I know, having been reading the the different improvs that the envoy has, I, there there are other avenues I may take. So I, it may not just be you know, watch your step and mm-hmm. um, Clara faint. I, I may, I may choose different things. However, one thing that is a hundred percent going to be used is get them. Oh no. <laughs> I've, I've heard enough of that. In, in the last <laughs> like, th- th- there's your, there's your, there's your season two spoiler right there. We're having get them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gross. 
Um, okay, I'm excited to see that in action. Uh, right, well, I think it's time, last but not least. It's time that we talk to Drew. Hey, Drew. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of speculation about it, but I want to find out about your character. Tell me, tell me, what did you decide upon? Yeah, so I had a character concept uh, for for season two mm-hmm. super early on in the process. And I mean, summer of 2018, right? I think it's far back. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was well well before the the time to to really start thinking about it. I just had a character that I thought would be really interesting to play, knowing that we were going to do against the Aeon Throne and uh, and what we were going to do with that, and just nothing really. It was kind of working, kind of working, kind of working, and then uh, mm-hmm. they they announced uh, something new, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, a class stuck out like a sore thumb. But a thumb that could be uh, massaged to greatness. <laughs> okay, massage my thumbs, Drew. Yes. What are you playing? Uh, I am playing a vanguard in season Ooh, two. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, which means once we we kick off season two, we'll have uh, played at least in some part all three of the uh, playtest <laughs> classes. Yeah, which is which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, and us had Biwaka. So like like Rebecca playing uh, Witch Warper, I have not looked at how other people are are building these characters. I want to, mm-hmm. to go in with my own my own background, my own knowledge, and, and and build it from the ground up with you know, making all of my own decisions, whether they're right or wrong, for the sake of the character. <laughs> so so making all your own mistakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> D, I mean, you, uh, basically, I mean, we, we didn't really talk about this too, too much, but that's how you guys all made your season one characters, because we started playing basically uh, before the game came out. We got the PDF and making characters. <laughs> we were rolling with it. Um, you didn't have the the capability to do that, which is awesome while you're doing the same thing for the yeah, season. Which which is good, because there's a part of me that I know there's a, the, a best way to do things for the sake of of maximizing, you know, like mm. min-maxing stats and, and de- oh, DPS yeah. and all of this kind of stuff. And <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, you, you played Warcraft for many years. You, you'd go online and get those guides. This is how I get to 24 damage instead of 23. Get yeah, but, but there's there's something stats. there's something about building a character idea and mm-hmm. and and tying all of your character to to that idea so that this character yes they might be super awesome if they chose this but it doesn't fit the character so we're not gonna do that and I, 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 I like keep, that yeah I hate to keep going back to season one but I, it's another thing you should say is you had the character concept and everything basically for Nax Sizrak first before you ever saw the rules for an envoy. I think at one point, both you and Miles were thinking operative. Yeah, we, we were. And then neither so of us chose that, which is, it's which so is hilarious. hilarious. But yeah, envoy uh, just fit with the concept of Nack and Vanguard really fits with your season two character yes better than what you were originally going to do right exactly and and i want to say again without saying too much about this character yet uh you know a lot of people when they play envoys they take a level in soldier to get a bunch of of weapon skills so they can use long arms and things like that (laughs) stuff that i didn't do with knack 
uh, and Knack stayed as <laughs> as pure envoy and only using small arms and uh, you know as much as I complained about damage and things like that I I wanted to play a character that way and there yeah. are certain things that I'm going to do for this vanguard that I'm creating that it's going to be the, the kind of the same thing to stay locked into this particular aspect of this particular type of character class and I'm very excited it's it's vanguards can they seem so interesting and they seem so cool as far as what they can do in battle and and <clears throat> out, out of Again, because Knack was also more of an out-of-battle character than an in-battle character, and this is much more of an in-battle character than an out-of-battle character. Yeah, so. well, uh, Marshall and, of course, Melee are going to be up in the scrum in the in the fight there, yes. the front line. Going to be uh, uh, hitting people in the face. <laughs> Entropic Strikes is what the Vanguard have. Pretty interesting class. We don't have much lore about it. We have what the, you know, <laughs> developers at Paizo are willing to share about Biohacker, which are in, in Vanguard. But we're going to be making up a lot of stuff to go along with this class, uh, which the majority of which uh, I'll tell you right now is coming from from you and your original character concept, which I'm very excited about. But um, maybe we should say, what were you originally going to play before these playtest classes came out. So, uh, spoiler warning, when I was creating this character, it was going to be a Solarian. Ooh, boy. <laughs> so that that was like your, I'm going to be a melee, like all up in, in combat Solarian. And you had some some ways that you were going to be very different from an Alindra Valis, which was exciting. Yeah, my, my uh, weapon type was going to be different. It was going to be... So the thing about Solarians is that the, based on the weapon type that you choose, the, the type of damage that you do changes a little bit. I was going to... Yeah. And, and my my character was going to, to have different... Uh, going to go more into the Graviton attunement side of things, which has mm-hmm, some, mm-hmm. some pretty crazy powers that you can employ in battle that uh, may not be... You know, again, may not be the highest damage, but fit the character concept but then the vanguard came out and it's just like oh this is so much better it fits so much better with the, the idea that i was going with and I'm, I'm super excited to see how how this all plays out to get those entropic strikes in to to get in there and mm-hmm. and soak up some damage and deal some damage and and have those reaction yeah. attacks that that uh that pop out there <laughs> the attacks of opportunity that we've learned about recently on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> well not just those but there there are specific reaction attacks that vanguards have oh yeah no depending on on what hits them which is going to be a whole other aspect of combat that it seems super it's different. an interesting class and it's got some abilities you can you can take a look at all these classes through Paizo's website um, they're they're up on, on a lot of the uh, system reference documents online I think archive of Nethys has has them up hopefully at this point and take a look um, it's got the entropic strike as that main like punch kick it actually it could be like any body part or um, or it can is, be from from anything that you're happen to be holding so if you hold a melee weapon yeah the main thing is you can choose a, a couple different damage types um including bludgeoning you know so you're like kicking and throwing elbows or it does an energy damage as your impact is sending like waves of entropic energy through the target crushing it dissolving it whatever it does uh and it could do 
acid damage, which is so crazy. Yeah, acid damage at the early levels is pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting. Just because I feel like nothing has acid resistance until fairly, yeah. fairly far in. Uh, although that yeah. was that was AP one. We'll see what happens in AP two. Uh, oh uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited not only to have some some new and different classes that we have not seen before, or different like archetypes of classes, but also to have these new playtest classes, these uh, character operations manual classes to play around with. Season two cast of characters is going to be really different from season one cast. It's going to be a weird party makeup. I, Will I, we yeah, make it work? Probably not. Yeah, I'm curious to see who dies first. <laughs> oh, place your bets. It's the challenge, right? Everybody place it on what's, me. What's, Patrick couldn't kill a dross. He's going to take that out on this guy it's, and murder him immediately. It's so, it's so funny, and, and this will probably come out as we talk about uh, the actual characters themselves, how how tied we were to our season one characters and, and really cared about them. And then I kind of built this guy to to go in and just <laughs> get taken out as often well, I mean, as easily as possible. Well, I mean, you say that. I don't want to get murdered, but like... Oh, I don't either. Yeah. I'm going to take we'll a lot see. more risk. We'll see how it the, goes. The, 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 this is going to be a more risk-taking season. That's what I will mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Promises, promises, Drew. My, my nickname <laughs> in season two is going to be Tyler, find the full cover, Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't want to pierce uh, full cover, though. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Penetrating long arms against Tyler. But yeah, let's lastly, before we, we wrap up here tonight, uh, thank you guys for, for <laughs> explaining what glasses you're picking. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the enemy, a little bit about the campaign itself, the world of Starfinder. Maybe what you guys know versus what a citizen of the Pact Worlds might know. Um, so you know, <laughs> you know the name of the campaign. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Do you know what it's about? What? Who are the Hi. the Aeon Throne? Are, are they the Aslanti? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Do you does, do you know I, or? I mean, yeah. I do. I remember we fought two of or a couple of their soldiers once. Uh-huh. Ran. I, and that was one thing. Uh, back to last episode, I did think that they were going to be somewhat involved in that campaign. They were not. So, we kind of ran across them. Right. So if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, the the Islanti are very um, they're very all about themselves, and uh, they they can they trace their lineage back to Old Galarian. And uh, if I'm if I'm remembering my history correct, they basically built a ship and kind of like a, a sea, like a I don't know like a, a settling ship or a seed ship, and mm-hmm. they sent it off Galarian and it traveled throughout space and eventually they settled on a planet and they called it like New Thessalon um, something along those lines and the Islanti just repopulated as the you know this superior uh, race and people and became mm-hmm. a superpower and then they slowly began to conquer all the planets around them until they became the Islanti Empire and so they're human and they hold themselves uh, in particularly uh, I think certain lineages as as higher. Yeah, yeah, that that's a lot of their ancient past, the the Star Empire, you know, the the ancient 
empire since the days of the powerful wizards and Pathfinder. Uh, mm-hmm. They indeed yeah. did build starships capable of interstellar travel thousands of years ago. And that's how advanced they were back then. Since the gap, they, like you said, are very insular, very guarded society, um, very secretive of their technology. As you saw in season one, when you fought them, the Aeon Guard you met and attacked. Uh, they, they attacked you just for being in the wrong neighborhood. They, uh, When you turn the tides of battle, they activated self-destruct protocols and they blew up their ship before they allowed it to be captured. And that's because they have technology that is that far outstripes the, the what can be found in the, the packed worlds. Mm-hmm. Unparalleled crafts of, of hybrid items, you know, magic and technology and they are 100% the bad guys they are totalitarian regime they are you know kind of focused on their own genus of human Aslanti DNA being pure and like better than than other humans and they have other species under their control operating as third class citizens these are bad folk knowing all that knowing perhaps your odds do you think going up against this, you know, evil behemoth uh, in in season two. Does anyone here feel like the characters you just made up might not be ready for the job at hand? I mean, it's likely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit. My character is extremely ready. Oh, Drew. Well, even if you had said no, it's too bad because (laughs) that's the end of this episode. It's time (laughs) to go and play. I can't talk anymore about playing Starfinder. We got to get to playing actual Starfinder. This episode is over, guys. Uh, Thank you for joining me for this kickoff of season two. Thank Uh, you. Thank you. We'll see you next time on the first episode of uh, Gameplay Cosmic Crit Season 2 Adventure Against the Aeon Throne. Say goodnight. We'll see you in Season 2, everyone. Goodnight. See you next week. Crit bit commencing in 3, 2, 1. Crit bit initiated. Uh, welcome back, everyone. We're not done with the episode yet. We've got a uh, the first crit bit of the season. Uh, this is your GM, uh, a.k.a. Patrick, or Patrick, a.k.a. the GM, uh, welcoming you back. Uh, and th- this one's uh, mainly for our listeners out there, our fans that are engaging with us on the Discord, or are looking to play some Starfinder. Joining me uh, to talk a little bit about that is Crittermander Cody. Welcome, Cody. How are you? What's up? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we normally record pretty late on the podcast, but not this late <laughs> normally yeah. for, for rugby, most folks. Rugby happened today, so that was pretty fun. Uh, now you're you're one of the mods on the uh, the Cosmic Crittermander Discord, correct? Yeah. Uh, fun job, I'm sure. Great pay benefits, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Matches four hundred one k contributions. I dig it. <laughs> oh, 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 we did not. <laughs> we did not agree to that. Uh oh. <laughs> that got that got cut in the last negotiation. Oh no. No, but um, in addition to that, helping us out on our Discord, you're also a a venture lieutenant for for Paizo organized play what, what what does that entail 
So basically, I help organize one local convention a year, and then I oversee a couple game stores in the Racine Kenosha areas. So it's a it's a lot of fun. It's it's only I wouldn't say it's work because I actually love doing it. But mm-hmm. there's some paperwork involved with the conventions. Like we had, I organized Anime Milwaukee a few weeks back, and out of our like. 18 or 20 tables, I want to say 10 went off, which was uh, 100% growth from last year. So last year was pretty <laughs> bad. But it was just like, it's all about reporting. And then when you're done reporting all the tables for a convention, you have to fill out this uh, this form called an, uh, an after-action report, which is like, how many tables went off? Did you play Starfinder? Yeah. Did you play Pathfinder? Uh, did you have fun? Blah, blah, blah. Did you, give out <laughs> mo- did you give out our money to people? Just all that kind of stuff. 10 tables, it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's, you know, 40, 60 players yeah. <laughs> or, or, or people playing games yeah, and uh, not all at the same time. That that can be that can be a lot. Yeah, and it was at an anime con, which uh, yeah. a lot of people don't go to anime conventions to play RPGs. They go for cosplay and uh, heavily consuming alcohol, apparently, which I just learned uh, out this oh, year. Yeah. So, Those two things go really well together, Cody, yeah, if you don't know. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if one causes the other, if there's some kind of cyclical nature. but <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> they're great. Um, <laughs> I've not been to, to our local anime, Boston, but it's a big hoot up here. But uh, I do go to PAX East, which is oh, coming up in a few PAX weeks. PAX East is awesome about. right here. It's, uh, it's a lot of the same. <laughs> so, But as well, there's a lot of live uh, Pathfinder Society as well as Starfinder Society. I'm very excited to play there this year. But we're not talking specifically today about IRL or convention, uh, live convention yeah. play. We're talk- <laughs> talking uh, just a little bit about uh, playing online. We have an online Starfinder Society Lodge that is uh, that we have an online <laughs> venture lieutenant in our good friend of the show. Odin, Cosmic Eleven. Yeah. And uh, we've been uh, gaming for almost a year now uh, online. And uh, I brought you on today to talk about one of the things that we've been working on recently, which is play-by-post. Now, now, what exactly is play-by-post in, in regards to tabletop? So play-by-post is a more narrative-driven style of uh, role-playing than mm-hmm. actual uh, in real life role playing, and uh, it's basically where you have a channel, you have a GM and players, and the GM literally just gives you box text to read, and then narrates you through a scenario or a module or adventure path, and the players type in when they can, and it's it's pretty relaxed. I've played mm-hmm. a couple games where some GMs are pretty. Uh, they ask you politely to post once a day. Some are more lenient than that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I'm uh I'm running two APs right now, and uh, wow. yeah, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of catching up yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, uh, uh, a society scenario very different from running a full AP. I imagine. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So when I first heard about play by post, it was on. I mean, it was called that because it was done on forum posts, and I know a lot of people play on uh, Paizo's uh, online forums. Yeah. Um, whether it be society or, you know, longer games and, and formats. And those are, you know, exactly what it sounds like. You, you put up a post and then it's available for everyone else to read. Um, we're 
mainly organizing play by discord yeah. play by post which is i like it a lot I mean, better it's a little different yeah but it, it's kind of the same in that you don't have to you know constantly be looking at the game you can you know just uh, log in to to check on your game and and see what everyone's written but usually i feel like people are are more active on discord just because it is like a live chat feed yeah. <laughs> live text feed for for game rooms and things like that it's uh it's unique in that you're able to get notifications and set them up on your phone, your PC, or your tablet. I have Discord on my PC, my phone, and my uh, iPad. So when I'm at work oh. and I'm on lunch, I can actually like respond to uh, you know my games. So I suck at Discord. <laughs> Ask any of the mods. I'm terrible at Discord. <laughs> and <laughs> I I had to I had to look up uh look up a couple things on. A, running a play-by-post, because I've run in-real-life tabletop gaming for about almost 15 years now, and uh, I've just... There's so much information out there, man. It's a lot to process. But once you get a group going and you uh, you, you send them a Google document so they can mm-hmm. type in all their reporting information, and then you get that sent in, and then you make Google slides of their maps, then it just becomes so much easier. And that's what most people do. And uh, I recommend doing that if you're going to run a play-by-post on this Discord because it'll it'll give it'll help visualize combat and mm-hmm. it'll it'll just help run the narrative a lot smoother. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard of people just using images and posting them to the Discord, but also using your your whatever your favorite uh, VTT virtual tabletop. Oh yeah, uh, that's a good is, one too. And, and kind of using them in conjunction with one another. Yeah. Um, there are bots that you can invite into uh, a Discord server. We have them in the the Cosmic Crittermander one for rolling dice and and playing music and things like that. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna get crazy with your games. Um, but yeah, most most of the play by posts are at a a very leisurely pace, like a, yeah. maybe one post a day. Is that like a, an average? Or? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little slow right now on my... I'm running Curse of the Crimson Throne. <laughs> so Zadrin is... Uh, he's he's active. He's active as all get out on this... Uh, mm. On the Discord for Cosmic Crit. And he's playing a, a, a barbarian. Hilarious, by the way. But uh, that's a game where I'm right now... They've uh, they went a very curious route with the situation, so now I kind of have to step back and read further along on the adventure path and make adjustments and stuff. And I'm not going to spoil anything because they're they're kicking butt. But yeah, uh, no, that's that's one that I've never read oh, before. But I've, oh, it's I've, great. I've heard people it's, having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, is that one that they released in like a hardcover? Yeah, they format, just Crimson Throne. I actually the first Christmas I had with my in laws and my now wife. Uh, my mother and father-in-law actually got me a cop, the hardcover, uh, re-released copy of Curse of the Crimson Throne for Christmas, and they're like, "Oh well, uh, if you and our daughter don't break up, you could run this for us." <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty awesome gift. I would be reading that yeah. most of uh, Xmas Day. <laughs> oh, I was if I, if I was I glued to that. I was glued to the first <clears throat> two books of that for a while. So. Um, so, so we announced on our Discord uh, GM sign up if you want to take a table over here and, and play as part of our lodge, which has some other minor uh, bonuses if you do become a Crittermander captain. But the, uh, right now, tables are open to be to be grabbed, and they are 
named after the different races and species that you find in Starfinder, but you can play whatever. Like you said, you're playing Pathfinder. I mean, I really don't, <laughs> don't mind if people want to branch out and play any kind of game on your own table. But yeah, A to Z, we go from uh, Asimar area and Android anteroom to... Is there any Z races? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I think I think the last one we have is... Uh, Isoki Yurt. It's the yeah. Name it's of the, it's the Yurt. Yeah, I was pretty proud of some of these, and some of them I'm like, it's pretty good. Probably could have done better. Oh, I love <laughs> them. I love names. them. I think they're great. <laughs> Very excited for that. But yeah, there's still plenty to sign up. Uh, I know that I immediately picked uh, Noir Neighborhood. Uh, oh, signed up for God. that one. <laughs> but uh, if you do want to. Either find a, a play by Discord game, or or sign up to to GM one and, and find players. Um, you can find both of us, uh, me and Cody, on our Discord and and ask questions. There's if we're not there, usually a, a pretty helpful GM or two that can answer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up, we have I mean we have a lot of other gaming that we're doing on our Discord, including live gaming via virtual tabletops, usually audio via discord and signups for those are through our warhorn account we have a a large warhorn account where people post their games and um usually we'll announce them on our discord yep. first but it's like a, a first come first serve kind of thing so yeah so uh, keep a keep an eye out on the discord uh i know uh mast ferret and a couple other people have just dropped a ton a t- like literally just a a bible sized list of of games come that's that are coming up and uh, oh yeah I, lots, I, of, like, lots of good stuff on the horizon oh yeah I'm very excited for Critercon Critercon two yeah. electric boogaloo uh, Critercon two uh, by the time you listen to this is less than two months away yeah. <laughs> when this episode airs uh, April twenty sixth twenty seventh twenty eighth uh, we have full con support from our our lovely organizers over at Paizo, which means a couple of things we're going to talk about more in March and April, but we're going to be raising money for Doctors Without Borders, and we're going to have Boons, uh, Starfinder Society Boons to, to uh, raffle on, uh, donate money and, and get raffle tickets, basically. And also, if you uh, donate X amount of dollars while you're playing a game, you can get a re-roll uh, for your table. So if nice. you really flubbed a D20 roll, there is an out. <laughs> and it's by, by helping a good charity and having having a good time. Yep, there you go. Uh, we're going to be doing a ton of streaming. I hope to see you there as well, Cody, on our, our Twitch channel that weekend. Oh, absolutely. I understand th- it's a bu- busy time of year. Con season is almost upon us. Oh yeah, <laughs> We're talking. We, you know, I've got Gary Con, your Paizo Con. Uh, it, it's starting up. And yeah, Critercon Two is happening. Origins is going to be fun too, and then there's oh, Gen Con. Man. So I'll be uh, I'll be sporting my cosmic crit wear at all these cons, like Ooh, the norm. Yeah, no. <laughs> imagine if you find Cody at one of these conventions, uh, he might have some one-of-a-kind handouts to give you oh. from the Cosmic Crit crew, oh. as he did last year. 
Oh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, you're going to find me in my Edros Varanis or my Raimi long-sleeve uh, shirts. Oh, no knack shirts? Eh, Very unlikely. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, thank you so much for, for being here uh, to, to talk about gaming. Um I'm excited for the start of season two, but I'm also very excited about some SFS play that's going on on our Discord. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm very excited. Awesome. Uh, do you want to give out where people can find you besides uh, in the mod pool for our Discord channel? Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm on uh, I'm on a couple different Discord channels, uh, C. Diddy. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, Any Twitter? Or? Yeah, I'm faux hipster on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I made that I made a Twitter in college because I was like, oh, it's edgy, oh, it's cool, and uh, I just retweet a lot of tabletop gaming and memes. So there you go. Also, I, no one's gonna fault you for that, Cody. <sighs> yeah, that's the all we do as well on our Twitter. Oh, that's fine. Um, I'm also Bards R O P on League of Legends if you want to play with me, and I'm yeah, I'm a D E R E R M. Hashtag one eight seven zero on uh, Blizzard. If you want to play some like Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch, so oh, get, branch out across a couple of game systems. Oh, I play a lot of stuff. My my wife and I <laughs> religiously play Heroes of the Storm. So and awesome, a, and well, another and, and you can also uh, meet up with you on our video games channel on our Discord. I imagine as well. For oh that. yeah, yeah, I post on there quite often so <laughs> yeah me too uh okay well thanks so much uh that's gonna let's gonna do it for this crit bit uh if you guys haven't joined our discord we invite you to do that we've got the link on our website and our twitter bio probably a couple places you can find it do but it. if you uh if you don't want to game with us you can still chat us up about video games or movies or what have you we're we're on there pretty frequently anyway that's gonna do it thank you cody say good night everybody Good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>